Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Why Ryan Johnson is the Best Director of All Time. I'm joined here with special guest Levi Poe. Levi. Hi. That, that's Am all? I supposed to say something more? Yeah, you're supposed to give you this big introduction, you know. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It is my honor to be a guest on nothing other than the Mike Penguin Podcast. <laughs> and today we will be talking about Ryan Craig Johnson, who is an American <laughs> film director, producer, and screenwriter. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the absolutely stellar job he's been doing with Star Wars <laughs> so far. I mean, Levi, you're the nine you're, at nine. You're the main draw. People don't come here to see me. They come here to hear your voice. Uh, I don't know if anyone's be listening to us ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about whether or not um <laughs> whether or not our opinions are subjective or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll stick to the episode this time. Hopefully we'll stick to the episodes this time. <laughs> One can hope. So I guess we'll just get right into it. Episode 7 of The Mandalorian Season 2. What and... happens in Episode 7? Okay, so the episode starts out with uh, Cara Dune breaking... Well, not really breaking, but May- they're getting, May- getting Mayfield out of prison. Transferring him to her custody. And here's the He's thing, He's a marshal of the New Republic, remember? She's a marshal. Yeah, but, like, how does a being a marshal mean you can just take prisoners, and prisoners into your custody at any time without any explanation? Because you're just that good. No, that that can't... That's not a justification. Like, it, like, if, like if you're a police officer, you can't just go to uh-huh. prison and be like, hey, I want him for a job. Well, then like, you okay, say she yeah, was sure. a police officer. She's a marshal. What is a marshal in Star Wars? Uh, I, I'd assume not high enough to take random prisoners for jobs, I would assume. Okay. Individuals of heightened status. Yeah. Is that it? Star uh, Wars to fandom.com, of course. I need to go to Wikipedia. It more seems like an officer of a district, really, is what it seems like. Yeah. yeah. So, Here we go. So I, I think that, like... Nope, are you, are that's you gonna... not it. No, I, I'm not finding it. There's no <laughs> definition. There's no definition? So far. Doesn't seem to be. One of them actually took me to the Mandalorian episode. The Marshal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so much for that. I just, I think it's kind of just like they want you to accept, like, oh yeah, she can just take someone out of prison because she can, because she's a marshal. But there's like, there's no justification for that. Like, it's, it's just, I don't know, that just doesn't make sense to me that you can just take someone to prison for a job. And then by the end of the episode, she's like, oh, actually, you know, actually, like right after she picks him up, she's like, I had to break a lot of rules to get you out, and it's like, didn't seem like it. He just kind of went there and was like, hey, I need him for a job. And they just gave him to you. Yeah. I feel like she was telling him that just to get him to cooperate. <laughs> okay, so... Because really, he could have just said... He could have just been like, no, thanks. He tried to do it twice. Yeah, but if she was doing that to make him cooperate, that would be like an, an appeal to emotion. So it's kind of like... That's she not, did that... end up appealing to his emotion. Say again? And she, she did end up appealing to his emotion. 
Yeah, but it's like this guy's a criminal. Like he has the charm. Uh, he's a criminal, but a criminal in the eyes of the Republic. Criminals lose word in uh, Star Wars. Yeah, but um, yeah, they 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 tried to make him nicer in this in this episode, but he was not this nice or or virtuous in the first time he was introduced. He was, he was a bit of a, um, ah, what's the word for it? He's not a very good, he didn't seem to be a very nice guy. I'm glad we got some more Bill Burr, but he didn't seem to be a very nice guy the first time we saw him. And then them saying, like, he lost the kid. Like, that shouldn't really have any effect on him. It really should. Yeah, I noticed that. And I was like, why did they, why did (laughs) they, he has the kid. Guys, what? What do I care? What am I getting paid? That's exactly. Is real question. Yeah. He's like, I think it's like uh, they're like, we need to uh, get Moff, Moff Gideon's coordinates. He's like, forget that. And it's like he has the kid, right. and he's like, oh, and it's like, why would he oh. care? Why would he? Exactly. It's such an odd thing. It's like, and then he's like, okay, I'll do it for the kid, and it's like, what? This is what did you care about the kid? Yeah, it was that was that was definitely a plot. Device. Yeah, it was very loose. Yeah, but anyways, then they go, they do the whole thing. It's like the base is on a Morak. And they go there, and then they're like, well, I can't go because the genetic scan thing, whatever. You know, they, I think, I mean, the whole action scene, we can kind of skip all that. I mean, there are a lot of problems with the action in this show, but I just wanted to focus on plot related things. You know, for the service of time. You don't like you didn't like the action. The they're not choreographed very well, and it they're a lot like the uh, the throne scene in like the Last Jedi, but like for an entire show. Like if you if you slow it down, there's a lot of goofy stuff in there. Oh, like what, for example? Like um, <laughs> there's a there's an episode. Where, like, one guy, like, he has a gun, and instead of trying to shoot Mando, he, like, tries to hit him with his gun, and it's, uh... <laughs> Is this when he's fighting them on top of that, um... No, no, that's like, um, or whatever it is. That one is, like, in, uh, episode two, I think, where he gets jumped by, like, those people in the desert. And one no, of them no, ha- no, this is when, he, when he's fighting them on top of the, uh, the, um, what was it? The transport with the Rhydonium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that scene does have some problems. I mean, there are some weird things where, like, the first guy that jumps on the truck, like, he opens the... Remember he opens the uh, the container and tries to put the bomb in, right? Yeah. And then, like, a few scenes later, two more guys get on, and then they're trying to pry open the door with spears. And it's like, you can just open right. them with your hands. Like, yeah. that was previously established. But they're trying to pry it open with spirits for whatever reason. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of that in the show, but just for this, I wanted to focus on plot-related plot things. Oh, also, yeah. also, okay, episode six, they have, like, the Gatling gun, right? And they're shooting at Fennec. And instead of, like, going backwards over the rock, she, she like, runs sideways so they can keep shooting her. It's, it's like, it's... 
<sighs> I I don't. The action scenes were not. Were not bounty well. hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, those. Would those... you agree? <laughs> Those nice throwaway lines. Oh, that that you know what that reminds me of Levi. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities that some would consider to be unnatural. Considered to be unnatural, and that's why I have to say though, I liked the the bounty hunter line. That guy that was that was that um an imperial guy. I wish we could have seen more of him. Yeah, but then he gets you know. He gets uh, bratted. Yeah. Yeah. And he's back to episode 7. And Mayfeld. And how amazing he is, you know. They do the whole thing. They, You know, they get past. And uh, also, I was watching a video. And someone pointed this out to me. Or they, I saw, I saw it in the video. But um, when they finally get to the base. And like the stormtroopers are there to like protect them. They don't miss a single shot when they're they're shooting at the pirates. Yeah. But like the rest of the show, they can't hit anything. But right here, that's when they're called set, plot. That's called plot of every single action movie. Yeah, bad guys hit the shot. Not, the bad guys don't. It's not that and egregious. If bad guys automatically become good guys. Bad guys are automatically going to start hitting shots. Yeah, but it's not that egregious. Like I feel like that one was like. It just stood out so much more in this show, particularly. I didn't really think about it while I was watching. Yeah, well, I guess we can move. I mean, from that. the thought that ran through my head was like, okay, pirates on whatever they're on, and then they're approaching an they're approaching imperial base, and they've got a tie fighter and a bunch of cannons. Of course, they're going to get blown up. They should get blown up, no matter how many shots it would take them to. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can all just we can just put that under um, I guess plot. <laughs> I guess we could just kind of sweep that under the rug. But anyway, they get to the base. You know, they delivered the Rhydonium. And um, when they get out the truck, Mayfield should immediately put on his helmet when they get to the base. Especially when later you see how scared he is of being recognized. It's like, why would he not, as soon as he gets yeah. off the truck, put on his helmet? And it's the strangest yeah, thing. Yeah, that was a good question. It's like, and then, it, it doesn't, especially, especially if, like, someone in the compound, like, knew the guys who were supposed to come on that truck. And then they show up, and it's like, I don't, I don't recognize you. I thought, you, where's Jim? Who, where's, where's Bob, who was on the, uh, the thing? It's like, you're not Bob. On the transport. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, who's this guy? Been. Could have bought the cover very quickly with that. Yeah, so it's like that makes absolutely no sense. Like that's a terrible uh, decision on his part. But oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, this is <clears throat> this is the meat of the episode right here. What is this? What's the meat? <laughs> when they see when they go up to that little cafeteria, right, <clears throat> and they uh-huh. see the imperial guy that Mayfield served under. I'm going to line out a few options they have, okay? They see the Imperial guy. Mayfield doesn't want to go in there, potentially risk getting recognized. So here are some options they have, okay? There's one, Mayfield could easily put his helmet on and took it off at the terminal for the face scan. And from where the Imperial guy is sitting, you probably wouldn't even notice him on the other side of the room. Two, 
They could try talking to some of the other soldiers to gather information. See if anyone knows something about Moff Gideon or his whereabouts. They could like info gather and try to No, that's that would be that would be so incredibly risky. That just wouldn't be worth it. Oh, versus him thinking he's gonna get recognized? Well no no. Go go through your options though. I'll go through my options out there. And there's three, which um Yeah, three, I think, um, which I think is the best option. They could just wait for the Imperial guy to leave. Like, he's in a cafe. You know, he's, like, on lunch break or something. He's not going to be there for long. If they just waited for, like, 40 minutes, he'd leave, and then they could just go in there and take the scan. 40 minutes. 40 minutes is, they were, I feel like they were thinking he was going to be in and out. Like, get in, get this done, get out. The longer they stay in there, more of a chance somebody's going to start asking them questions or, Trying to figure out, hey, you know, what are these guys doing? Where are you guys yeah, from? Yeah, but they're not. What are your names? What are your codes? But that he could easily just ask ask um, Mayfeld for that because he he does he does tell him the codes when the Imperial guy approaches them. So he obviously knows what to say. He could just tell Mando what to say, and then they could just wait a few minutes. You know, do what they have to do. Go to the bathroom or something. You know, and then once the Imperial guy's done with his lunch break, what makes you they, think clone troopers need to use the bathroom? Uh, I don't know, Levi, they're human? I don't know, maybe humans use the bathroom? Were, no, no, they were grown in a factory. They actually know what <laughs> these are, stormtroopers. They're right, never mind, shoot. Exactly, even, and even wrong. clones have to use the bathroom, like, come on now. Ah. Uh, they, ha- they still have... They should, take that, bio- they should take that part out while they're processing. Uh, nah, they, they, I mean, they're, they're just... If you clone a human, they still have to do human things, you know? Yeah, but, you know, you could improve them a little bit in some ways. Well, they'd have to establish that beforehand. Yeah, they would. yeah you're right. But yeah, but easily they could just wait a few minutes to go to the bathroom or do something else or, you know, Mayfeld tells them what to say if he, he runs into somebody. And then once the, once the Imperial guy is done with his lunch break or whatever, they walk in and then scan and it's all good. They walk out like they wanted to. It's, it's smooth in and out, which would be the easiest option. He doesn't, like, the, and then, okay, and then I'll go into number four. They could just, which is what they do, <laughs> they make it seem like Mando has no other option but to take off his mask in public so the writers can try and pull at your heartstrings in an attempt to emotionally manipulate you by showing you how much he cares about Baby Yoda regardless of whether or not it actually makes sense. Same as Grogu. 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 Okay, so for that, for the first point, I feel like, yeah, he could have gone in there with his helmet on, took the helmet off of the face scan, and put it back on. That would have seemed a little suspicious. No, it I wouldn't. feel like it would. It no, would. dude, there was there was literally a barista at the bar who had his helmet on, so they wear their helmets regularly indoors, anyways. Okay, yeah, you're you're right about that. So we can. I don't see it as being. I feel like if you're thinking about it in the moment, there's. If you're if you're writing from a realistic perspective, there's tons of things that a character can do to solve a problem, but the character is only capable of what the character's supposed to think up in the moment. What? Wait, you said a character is only. Say that again. Capable of what a. A character is only capable of what a character is supposed to think of in the moment. Not true. The writers make the character yeah. what the, tell the character is supposed to think. 
Well, yeah, but the writers aren't going to be able to predict every single possible outcome and yes, say, can. okay, there, we do Wait, this, wait, Levi. Huh? When you're making huh? a story, there's infinite outcomes. So, yeah, the writer can there's, predict and choose anything. You cannot predict all those infinite outcomes. So that's the thing. So Yeah, not all of them, but this, they can make one that makes sense. I feel like that that did make sense, though. It was It worked in the context of the movie. That's just like it's just like saying, you know, in the Avengers, why didn't Iron Man just fly a nuke through the portal right at the start of the thing, right at the start of the battle? Well, there's there's reasons for um, that because they story. didn't they didn't send the nuke. Him him throwing the nuke through the portal was a response. It wasn't like he he he. It wasn't like he sent the nuke, and then yeah, but and then like Rocket said in a deleted scene, why did they just think about that? Because they didn't know. They didn't know it was coming from a ship. The only reason they, the only reason they found out it was coming from a ship is because he took the nuke and then he went through the portal and then he was like, "Oh, there's a ship. I'll throw it towards the ship." It wasn't like he knew there was a ship the whole time, and then he was just fighting people on the ground for fun. They had no idea there was a ship up there. Okay. So in that case, it actually makes sense. In this case, it doesn't make sense, and there's plenty of other things they could have done that would have made more sense. But they, what they, but the reason they went with this one is because they wanted an emotional moment with Mando. Where he takes off his helmet. That's why they did it. Not. I feel th- like it was a good way to get there. Nah, it it, it doesn't, wasn't. It, it didn't seem. It didn't seem clunky in the moment. It didn't seem like it was. It's very or clunky. Like that. It's very clunky. Not really. No. I then would like, say you know so. what? Let me show you why it's clunky. Okay. There's a face scan, right? All right. Uh huh. Yeah, but. So, so what are the requirements for the face scan? You know, the requirement, the face scan deal, what it should have, now the face scan part, that, that was kind of stupid. Like, why did they have to include that? Because if it scans a trooper's face, you should be able to tell whether they are a legitimate trooper and what their code is, etc. from the terminal before giving them the end. Exactly. I feel like that part was stupid. Like, Levi, imagine if, like, when the iPhone, when they came out with fingerprint sensors... They were like, there's a fingerprint sensor. As long as you have anybody's a f- fingerprint. Yeah, like anyone's finger yeah. works. It's like Exactly. It's like what's that, the what's the point of having a I sensor? About, yeah, that's one thing I thought about in the moment. Like, why is just scanning his face? Okay, cool. Face scan, you know. What it's that's useless. That's useless. <laughs> exactly. I mean like, hey, make sure you have a face. Now, that seemed like an obvious plot device. It's like it's like having a password to your bank account. And then posting it on Twitter. It's like, what's the point of the password? Like, having a password to your bank account, you can get into this bank account if you're a human. Yeah, if you're a human. If you have a face. Yeah, if you have a face, you can get into any bank account in America. If you have a social security number. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You can go into any bank account. Yeah, that part, I was like, you know, that terminal's kind of useless, but whatever. No, you can't but whatever. That, That is... Directly but I did. I was like, "Well, whatever, big deal." That is a writing flaw. That is a blatant writing flaw. I wouldn't go so far as calling it a blunder, but I would say it's a misstep. What? What? How do you define a blunder versus a misstep? A blunder would be something that just absolute. Like if if they did something that uh, destroyed. Now, for example, the tracking fobs was a blunder. 
Why is that a blunder versus this? A misstep. Well, because the tracking bobs, bringing those back up, logically sort of destroys a lot of the stuff that went on. If you if you want to, if you think about tracking bobs, or whatever, and you just let it rest in the moment as it is, and don't think about it more. Sure, it's fine. That's what they wanted us to do. We obviously didn't do that. We thought about it a little bit more. You know, if these tracking bobs, bobs, bobs were active, a lot more would have been going on than what we've been seeing so far, based on this. So, it it kind of broke through the previous episodes for that to be true. Well, the face cam breaks this episode. Yeah, but it didn't break the rest of the series. That's, it, that's still a writing flaw. The so it was like it was like a plot device, like the Seeing Stone. It's like just kind of useless. It's just there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. But it it didn't really happen. No, the Seeing there, Stone so. can actually be neutral. This is not neutral. This is incompetence in the writing. In the writing, there's no way well, you can have a, a terminal that that has sensitive. Uh, imperial information and you just need a face to access it like that is that is and nonsensical key or whatever it was that they had did they have a key of some sort they had a key uh, I think so yeah yeah that is that's nonsensical it makes no sense it's it's a, definitely a writing flaw and it's a you can't wave that away like oh no actually you can't even explain it away it's just a blatant writing not flaw. really Levi I mean, how do you, you how do you explain Levi that's literally the example oh. we gave where it's like if you have a, a face you can access anyone's bank account it's like right so that, it's like I mean they did have the key but they have if it's like if they have a key why do we need the face you know it's like just have the key the face part was not necessary. Exactly. It's purely a plot device. And while it did, it did give us a moment with Jar, Din Jarn and Mayfeld, and we started to see how Mayfeld was a lot better of a person than we gave him credit for a beginning, in, in the beginning. But those moments they use his device to get there. Yeah, those moments don't feel earned when they're fabricated in that way. It's like if the if the foundation doesn't make sense, then it's like the rest of this doesn't it doesn't it's not gonna resonate with me if it if I already know like the premise doesn't even make sense. You know, like I'm not gonna buy the phone with a fingerprint sensor if anyone's fingerprint works. Like it's the same thing. I'm not gonna buy that because it's useless. Right. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Uh, Imperial guy, officer, person. He offers them a drink. And they could have easily... I, I feel like they could have made an excuse to get out of there. They could have been like, oh, we have work to do today. We have some more work to catch up with. Yeah, no, no. No? I don't think so. It would have happened anyways. He literally made an excuse when he walked up to the dude. He was like, we need to go back and do... He said something, but... He's like, we need to go back and then work on those da 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 da's. And the guy was like, I haven't dismissed you yet. Yeah, there you go. And he could have, he could have still pushed to be like, well, we still have work to do and this and that. Yeah, and then he'd be he like, why are you guys in such a hurry to leave? He could have tried harder, but yeah, I wouldn't. It would have just been a waste of time. How do you know that? 
Did you hear me? Yes, I did. Said, How do you know it'd be a waste of time? I don't know it'd be a waste of time, but I have pretty good evidence that it would be a waste of time. What evidence? When he he's an imperial officer, getting his way. So when he invites them for a drink to sit down, he's basically not really giving them an option. And of course, who's the weird stormtrooper or the clo- the weird stormtrooper that doesn't want to have a drink with an imperial officer? After completing some good job, that's like, yeah, guys in there would kill for that. <laughs> yep, my joke. No, they would was, kill for it that. Was, it was bad. It was stop, stop it. Hey, just give me the joke. Give me the joke. No, I refuse. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so they could have respectfully declined and been like, "Oh, thank you very much," but uh, we. Yeah, but it be- wouldn't have done anything. It wouldn't have done anything. Okay. Well, anyway, there's more important fish to fry because as soon as he sits down with them, instead of just like, you know, playing it cool or like, you know, trying to befriend the guy or be nice and Mayfeld, like, he like, it's not even like he's provoked. It's like he actively like seeks out this guy's disapproval and starts to probe him about like decisions on the battlefield and talks about the lives lost and whatever. And (laughs) it's like, okay, look, it's like they sit down, right? And what should happen is Mayfeld should be like, oh, you're such a great guy. Oh, you're great. You know, this and that. He, he should really be sucking up to the guy at this point to avoid any yeah. confrontation. But instead, he's like immediately hostile. He's, he's immediately like grilling this guy. And it's like, do you not know where you are right now? It's like you're not supposed to be grilling this guy. For, you're supposed to be nice to this guy. And then hopefully you, you get a few drinks and you get out of there. No, like nice Based on smooth. what we know of Mayfeld, he doesn't work very well under pressure. No, he's not dumb, though. He'd know better. He's not. He shouldn't be, at least. No, he's not. From what we've seen before, he's not. He, has shown... he shouldn't be, based on what we've seen before. He shouldn't be dumb. Yeah, so it's inconsistent. Okay. So you agree, or... You just saying that? Yes. <laughs> Levi. What? What? You said yes. I said yes. I said, do you agree, or are you just saying that? Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> no, I see your point. I see your point. Yeah, and then I don't know. People, people thought this scene was so good, but he shoots him in the middle of the cafe. Which makes no sense. It's like, I probably need to stop saying it makes no sense all the time. But it's just non... He's a nervous guy. His, his nerves have started to go up and up ever since he sees the guy. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because he did up. that. He, like, the guy wasn't being a jerk to him. He intentionally was hostile towards the guy. And the guy said some stuff that, like, he should already know that the guy thinks at this point it's like what you would you expect this imperial officer to have some remorse like it's the empire no. like, what are you thinking dude it's like, like really he should have if he, if he was gonna say all that he really should be like oh yeah that's what i thought you were gonna say at this point he, he like he was in the empire he like, that's what i thought you were gonna say yeah okay and just move Logically on speaking yes yeah they could have gotten out of that a lot easier they have to have some sort of transition to the guns blazing scene. What alternative would you have proposed for that transition? Um, something that makes sense. Not that. Like, 
Or do I need to make a proposal? Well, some sort of option. Nice. Oh, well, um, he's nice to the guy. There's maybe a little bit of tension in the dialogue. Or maybe even, um... If they're gonna have that... Where no, but how do, we get to the, how do we get to the cool fighting scene? That's what we want to know. <sighs> yeah, your monkey brain needs the fighting scenes, Levi. Is that <laughs> what you need? Of course! <laughs> I'm watching Star Wars! Ooh, ooh, uh, what do you uh, think? Fight, please. Guns, guns. Grey's Anatomy... Or I don't know. Uh, well, if you if they have to bring out get, the gun, if they absolutely have to get to a fighting scene, they could um, like the the imperial officer should start the beef. It shouldn't be Bill Burr just out of nowhere being hostile and shooting be, the guy. The yeah, guy should have been like, and what imper- are your codes and whatnot? Should have started grilling him a bit harder, and then when he can't answer. All right, like maybe maybe Bill Burr or, or, or Mayfeld is like um, I keep calling Bill Burr. But uh, maybe That's Mayfeld, yeah. But Mayfeld should, maybe he's being like uh, he's he's sucking up like a, he should be. He's being nice to the guy, and the guy's like bringing up those operations and like talking about those wars and how those people are heroes and like like the guy should be the one bringing it up, not Mayfeld. Mayfeld should be the one playing it cool, trying to like be nice to this guy, be accommodating. And be like, hey, man, yeah, you know, we're just, you know, every day living our lives, doing the best we can with the Redonium or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, good thing, too, because, you know, those other guys were useless. They died for nothing. And, like, the people who died at Operation Center were, were war heroes or whatever. And, like, the guy, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're trying yeah. to say. But instead, Mayfield's hostile for no reason, and... So he can shoot the guy for no reason. And yeah, he was it's... a bad guy. He needed to be shot. <laughs> oh, I like the moral complexity there, Levi. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> He's bad guy. He I'm gets sorry. Shot. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Bad guy get killed. Mm. Bad guy get killed. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, your big brain takes. I can't. I'm very impressed. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, and it was almost like this could have been a good episode. It really could have. But they just, they, I almost feel like they're not even trying with the writing. I feel, like it was, I feel like it was all right. It was a good, it was a decent episode. We got through this story. No, there there, were there's, few, just, there's way too the many vices, logical inconsistencies. Way too many, just like Mayfeld shooting the guy in the scanner. Mayfeld shooting the guy, the scanner, the fact that he's not wearing his helmet as soon as he gets off the, the truck. All those different things. Didn't he mention something about it being uncomfortable when he got in there? It was uh, uh Yeah, but it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are. You're going to blow your cover if you don't wear it. Well, obviously not. Yeah, but he didn't know that. Until he sees the guy. Yeah, but he knows. But he, his but assumption he, it could have been anybody. I'll be fine without my... His, his assumption is, I'll be fine without my helmet on. And then, until he sees this guy that he used to know. That used to know. Whatever. Yeah, well, he should have assumed that any that anyone he used to know could have been here. Or even, even, if, even if they weren't there, that someone who knew the guys who were on that ship were going to be waiting for them when they got back. Or maybe someone would have been a safe assumption for me. 
So yeah, a oh, lot of things are just not well thought out at all yeah. by the writers. The thing, what did you like about this episode? Uh, Mayfeld talking trash to Mando. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I liked about this episode. That was good. That was fun. That was the best part of the, the whole show, in my opinion. Like that was like if I if there's any part of the show I really enjoyed, it was Mayfeld and Mando in the truck and Mayfeld just talking trash. That was. What What else did you enjoy about this part? I'm looking for a very specific scene. Um, Boba Fett? Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. What Keep scene? Going. Um, uh, 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 pew pew. The seismic charges! Oh my god. Oh, I mean, I didn't really care. You know what? No, the fa- no. Listen, the, the the stuff that you're bringing up that people like, it's like all that stuff is superficial. Like what really matters what is the plot. Like you like, you, like if you say, "Oh, Boba Fett was so cool. Oh, the lightsabers. Oh, Luke was in it. Oh, uh, the seismic charge." It's like yeah, that all that's cool. But they like, were if, cool. If this, yes, if this, they were cool. But Very if, cool. But if the story, cool. if the story isn't good and it's inconsistent, then it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to care about the cool seismic charge if the if the story is trash. Yeah, but there's still cool se- seismic charges. Yeah, but it's superficial. Also, it's like it's very shallow. If that if that's the reason you like the show, I mean, you can like the show for that reason. No, I didn't say that's but the reason I like the show. Shallow. I said that's the one thing I liked in this episode was they included the seismic charges. They did not forget, and also Boba Fett's new paint job on his armor. Yeah, but do you realize how minuscule that is compared to the rest of the episode? I know, but it looked so cool. And that's where they get you, Levi. They like they 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 show you all these cool things and be What's like, "What's wrong with liking like, something ig- that ignore. looks cool?" No, you can like it, but it's like they're they're doing that so you forget about how bad the writing is. Like, oh, look at the cool stuff. Don't worry about if that makes sense or not. Just just look at the cool stuff. They did a lot of that ROTS. Yeah, which is why I say it, people uh, don't use the same standards for this as they use for the sequel trilogy, because they do a no, lot. No, because this was obviously better. Nah, I'd say the Force Awakens was better. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorian season two. Yeah, I don't like that, but whatever. This this just has more fan servers. That's why the writing is not good. I'm telling you. The writing is atrocious. I don't but, think it's that bad, but breaking. Levi, you've I I'm just gonna you've been emotionally compromised. You need to you need to realize it. <laughs> what do you mean emotionally compromised? I mean you're like the seismic charger and Boba Fett and did it. Okay, the you're that you're that fan. Cool. You're that fan. You're like you like the show, so because you like it, now you think it's good. But you, re- you have to realize... No, you, you no, can... no, no, no. As I, as I specified before, I tried to keep my judgment of the show and my emotional response to the show different. Like, if I cried during a show, that doesn't necessarily mean it was a good show. Based on um, talking about this, I was simply... We were talking... I had asked what you liked about the show. And they're talking. Or, uh, what did you like about the, with, with the episode, Levi? About this episode? Yeah. What did I like about it? Yeah. 
I like to see um, Cara Dune and the other lady teaming up to help shoot the uh, snipers. No, no, to help snipe the people on top of the building. Cara Dune and what's what's the lady's name? Fennec. Fennec, yes! Fennec. Fox. Um, sorry, that was a Call of Duty reference. Cara Dune <laughs> and Fennec. I like seeing them team up to shoot uh, bad guys off. It was nice, but in more than one way, because they showed that we can have a quote-unquote woman power movement uh, moment and not have it forced. But you realize that's what, like, a 12-year-old would say? They'd be like, oh, like the part where they, they shot the people and da 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 Like, that's... It's like, it's like they're, they're appealing no, to you your nostalgia. You didn't hear me out. That's what you said. No, you didn't hear me out. No, no, you didn't hear me out. And I, the, reason, the reason I liked this is because, hey, it's cool to see them working together, cool scene, cool music, whatnot. But also, it proves that you can do the whole womanly, powerful woman thing without making it forced. Yeah. Like, that, like... Part, that scene wasn't forced. Um, what was it? Like, if we're talking about that one all-woman scene, the Avengers, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Peter Parker. About, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's my own. But at the same time, it's like, they're, those women are, like, very bland as characters. I mean, everyone in the show is bland as a character, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, what are... Like, what differentiates Cara Dune and Fennec as the characters? One's a bounty hunter. One has an accent. Is that all you can think of? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing I'm trying to get is like this show doesn't really have characters they're just like people who do things in service of the plot but as characters they're, they don't have a lot to offer we kind of talked about last you don't time see very, you don't see very much character development yeah like Cara yeah. Dune and Fennec are interchangeable to me like, I don't see much difference between their characters. I don't know what they like or dislike. Yeah, we don't We don't see any backstories. We don't see them drinking herbal tea or whatnot. Everything's yeah. very... Everything in the show is very practical. What do you mean practical? You mean bland? I mean... I meant bland. Said no, I everything mean, it, it in the show. Is, everything in the show is very practical, and I guess the way you would say that is in service to plot. I mean, yeah, I mean everything in the Force Awakens is also practical. So yeah, I mean Ray being good at everything is just practical, you know. Yeah, but there's. No explanation for that. There's not even, and there's not even a bad explanation for that. What do you mean? There's not even a. You can make a. I can make up good or bad explanations about all of this stuff, right? But I can't even make. Oh yes, a we can. This the force. It's the force. You know, she's good with the force. The force. What? The force. How is how is this the force? How is she better than the chosen? One? Um, because she is the chosen one. 
It's called retconning. Uh, it's called retconning, Levi. Uh, she's the chosen one, but no, Anakin was the chosen one. No, Ray's the chosen one. Do you realize what they did? Like, okay, first it was Luke was the hero, right? And then they go to the prequels. Now there's a prophecy of the chosen one, and now it's Anakin who's supposed to like you know do the thing. Yeah, but now, Anakin. but now the prophecy is like there's a chosen one who's supposed to bring balance, and now. Since Palpatine's still alive, Rey is now the chosen one. And then if they make a sequel, sequel trilogy, there's going to be a new person who's now the new chosen one. And that's what the, it's called <laughs> retconning. It's called retconning. Okay, yeah, okay. There's always a new so chosen you, you, one. Well, they had to rewrite. They really had to rewrite Star Wars to make that work. Yeah, but there's a bad explanation for it, so. Equal. See, anything you use in defense... It's not an explanation to change the whole story. What do you mean? Like, for that, they basically changed the whole story of Star Wars. Anakin was the chosen one. Palpatine is dead. Darth Vader saved the galaxy. Luke is the hero. They changed all of that when they brought... When Rey became the chosen one. Basically, the whole Star Wars narrative fell apart. Not really. It just changed. There's a new girl. No, it, there's a, there's, it really a, fell apart. There's a new girl in town. It re- a new girl in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, it didn't fall apart. It just changed. The previous story fell apart. It had to fall apart. Not really. It just changed. They they just didn't know who the chosen one was. They thought they knew, but they didn't. It was Anakin, obviously. No, it's Ray. They, be, they, they betrayed all of the fans. You can't just do that. Oh, well, the fans are just, you know, they just get, they, they're, the, the fans are just nitpicking, you know. Nitpick. As is the point of the fans. Nah, the fans are just nitpicking. It's just, it's not real criticism. I mean, nitpicking does count as real criticism, doesn't it? That simply means that one person's eyes, the criticism. No, I don't. Not it's not nitpicking, or it's it, way stronger than it should be given the circumstances. It's not nitpicking if so it nitpicking directly relates count. to the plot. No, no, nitpicking is nitpicking is um, valid criticism, but a nitpick, really saying the word nitpick, it's a matter of opinion. Nitpicking is saying. One person thinks that another person is criticizing certain details. What do you what do you classify as a nitpick? What do I classify as a nitpick? Yes. Hold on, you're you're interrupting my thoughts. This carries on. You shall not get an answer. <laughs> okay, hurry up, though. <laughs> okay, you want to know what I classify as nitpicking, then? No, no, I don't want to know. I want to answer your question gosh. first. Shush, shush, shush. Be quiet. Oh. <laughs> All right, so it really, it really depends. Um, I look at public opinion. I look at qualified opinion. 
standards, other things are held to. And I look at the standard that I hold this and other things to. So it's a mix of a lot of things. And then based on that scale, I say, okay, that's valid, or uh, we're pushing a little bit with that one. That's how I define it. Okay. Um, that's kind of a vague answer. Very clear. You just said you compare it to other things, which is like... Other TV shows. Yeah, genre. that's not really like a definition of nitpicking. No, it's not a definition of nitpicking. But it gives me a scale on which I should criticize. Yeah, but what do you classify as a nitpick? What do I classify as a nitpick? Yeah. It's hard to say exactly. I can say exactly what I mean. If you, if you want what to you hear. What you don't classify as a nitpick? Sure. Or I'm either, interested. Or either or. So I, I think a nitpick is something that's like, um, that's not related to the plot. Like, like if someone says like, um, like the Stormtrooper outfits are ugly. So like the show is bad. And it's like, uh, that makes no sense. Cause that you like what you think, like if I say Darth Vader's outfit looks ugly. So the, the new hope is bad. Like, that has nothing to do with how good the show is. But if I say, oh, this plot detail here doesn't make sense, and that's not a nitpick because it directly relates to the plot and how the story is carried out, that's not a nitpick. If it, if it, if it impacts the story in a meaningful way. Okay. Yeah. If it impacts the story in a good way or a bad way? In a meaningful way. It isn't, it isn't good or bad. In a way. way. Yeah. So if it's a problem... In the yeah. plot that impacts the story in a meaningful way, right? Then it's something that we should not overlook, right? But how whether you think Darth Vader's outfit is ugly or not does not impact the story in a meaningful way. How big of a problem are we talking about? Like, what's the size of the problem? Does it is it just any problem at all? Yeah, any problem, I think any problem that, that directly relates to the plot is valid. Okay. So if it's a tiny little problem, but it still impacts the plot. We'll give an example. In a way. I can't. I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, asking. <laughs> well, if. yeah, because look, if it, if it directly relates to the plot and it, 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 uh, it, it impacts the plot, then it's not really a tiny problem. It's just a problem. So there's no scale for problems. The scale for problems only depends on your emotional response or your, your, your opinion. But the problem itself is just a problem. Hmm. Like you might okay. say that, um, uh, I don't know, like, um, like the Hodo maneuver, right? The Hodo maneuver yeah. is obviously a problem that meaningfully impacts the story. But you, yeah. But at the same time, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, it's a big problem because it. Okay, then what's a, what's a what's a little everything? What's a smaller problem? What's a smaller problem? Yeah. Gosh, are there any small problems there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it goes now. You're gonna have to pay me for uh, 
rewatched it either. Promise you, I don't want to rewatch it either. Oh gosh, the nightmares. Hey, I've nightmares. It was just like morph, morphs. It was more of like an abject just disappointment. They failed us. Yeah. Is what it is. Okay, well then let's say like uh, the tracking fobs versus the face scan. Like, is one of those a bigger problem to you? Yeah, definitely the tracking fobs. Yeah, so your your uh, how how big of a problem you feel it is is purely based on your emotional response or your um. It's based on your opinions or how you I feel. Love, I love. But they both they both meaningfully impact the plot in a negative way. So really, they're both yeah, problems. So neither so you can't claim one is nitpicking. One, one isn't. Is Go ahead. Oh, one incredible, one negatively impacts the plot. The other one, in it, impacts the plot in a sort of positive way. For example, um, the hear me out here. The um, the face scan that impacted the plot a sort of a positive way because we got to see a little bit more into Din Djarin's uh, what he was willing to do what he was willing to go through to get Grogu back we got to see a bit more of his um, we got to see a bit more of him and the funny part is I don't know if you notice he acted as if he still had a helmet on even when he took the helmet off the way he looked around and stuff and we got to see some of Bill Burr too um, Mayfeld uh, we got to see a lot more of him it was uh he seemed to be. We could. We actually started seeing. Okay, this guy's actually a good guy. They sort of. They kind of rewrote him as a good guy instead of just a piece of trash. We got to see a little bit more into that. Whereas, and that that episode allowed for that, or that uh, the face scan thing allowed for that. Whereas with the tracking pops, it was mostly the consequence of mentioning those was mostly all negative because you're not really start thinking. Because you could, well, because I, I, I could, I could argue that without the tracking fobs, he would never find Baby Yoda, and there wouldn't be a, a plot for the whole first season. Well, yeah, no, but so you could, the way so you, you could say that, that oh, like, all the good things that happened in season one are because of tracking fobs. So tracking fobs impact, no, 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 impact no, the no, plot no. in a I'm positive way. The way. I'm talking about the way they were mentioned in the second season. First season is a different. In the way they were mentioned in the second season, when she comes up and says, "Tracking fob on him." Or she says his bounty is whatever it is. Gone no, it's, ba- it's bad times. in both seasons, Levi. It's bad in both seasons. It's bad in both seasons. I was talking about the first. I, I was talking about the tracking Bob and the deal in the second season. That's a lot worse because, in my opinion, that's a lot worse because if you think about it, that just changes. That should change the circumstances of the Mandalorian's actions and where he's going, what he's doing, the types of people they run into, and so on and so forth. That should change all of that. Based on the tracking bobs being still active, tracking bobs themselves are kind of a broken mechanic. Like, they even really exist? Is it just something that they brought up and wanted to forget about without ever mentioning them again, or you know, explaining them, or what? That's my opinion. The uh, and if if the face scan impacted the plot in a negative way. Dragon Bob did so, did so in a much more, it did so, but in a larger fashion. 
But you see, the reason you say that is because of your emotional response to either one. Not really, no. Yeah, because you're saying this one had positive effects and this one negative effects, but I could still argue that one had they both had positive effects. But okay, they're, what what, really, they're effect? both problems. What was the positive effect of uh, Fennec mentioning the Tracking Bobs? Uh, there, the it was an attempt to raise the stakes. That's not. How is that positive though? Because good stories. What often do we have, see from Good that? stories often have what stakes. We, not really. No. Yeah. Not stakes like that. There's always something. What do we get a, out in of every that? good story? There's something to be lost and gained. Those are stakes. Well, yeah. So when but, he, when you says like the you when he says the bounty there. is ten times higher, that raises the stakes. Because he was already threatening to kill him. Yeah, but it's it's it gives us an idea so of how really, much more valuable he is in the world. It doesn't really jeop- not. It doesn't really. Uh, it doesn't really give us anything in the in the story beyond that one moment right there. And it doesn't really change anything that went on in the scene at all. She could have not mentioned that, and the scene would have gone on the same way. Yeah, but you could say it's an attempt to raise stakes, which is a good thing. You could easily make that argument. I feel like that would that would be a poor argument. That's why, like that's why, why is that a, why is that a poor are, argument? That's that's assuming raising stakes are good. Why wouldn't it be? Every story has stake. Every good story has stakes. Hold on, I lost my train of thought there for a sec. Yep. So you yeah. could you could say that that's a um, where were we a second ago? I just I just got we're lost. We're talking about nitpicks, and then we're talking about how big of a problem something is versus it. And I think all problems are it's based on your emotional response. And you would argue, I was arguing for that. You think the size, the size that I put on all problems is based on my re- emotional response to that problem? Yes. Okay. And then we started talking about. That's um, why. Fennec that's why. And the difference between. Yeah, that, I'm saying that's why it's important to have a standard you go by. Because when your standard is like what you said, like basing it on other things, then that's not, that's not a, like a solidified standard. My standard is if it no. directly impacts the plot. That's a standard you can quantify, that you can point out, and that you can you can identify when you see it. If you if you I say my standard is based on other things I've seen, that's purely my opinion. If I say my standard is if it directly impacts the plot, now that is a, a standard that you can identify and you have to use. Okay, that's correct. You were you were asking me what I base my nitpicks on, and I said my nitpicks are sort of based on. Whether, whether or not I consider something a nitpick is based on my standards for a TV show. My standards for a TV show are based on what I see, but based on the standards that I see other people give them, a mixture of that, and then, you know, based on, based on in some part the consistency, but also based on the, based on the shows that would be in the same genre and how they are, how they are seen as opposed to what sort of content they have. Right. Right, because basically, how can you tell that a, whether or not a show is good or bad if you do not 
if you haven't seen other shows and haven't got people's opinions on and so forth, to be able to contrast against that. Like, you could just go in blindly without any, without having any experience at all and just have a checklist and try to write up every single mechanical error in the plot and then use that to determine whether or not a TV show is good. But you're missing out on a lot of nuance from that. I understand. If, if you do that. I understand that perspective, but you don't need to see other movies to be able to point out logical inconsistencies. Like if we're if we're if like if there's like a a down to earth like rom com and like, you know, it's just a normal world, then out of nowhere in one scene a guy just starts flying and he flies to his significant other, you're gonna be like, Wait, he could he could fly this whole time? Like what's going like what's going on? That wasn't previously established, that wasn't the rule they they told us before what what's going on here. Like you don't need to see another movie to identify a logical inconsistency within the plot. Like they're they're just rules well, and yeah, logic that are a given. You know, well, yeah, to identify no, but to be able to say whether that as a whole is a good or a bad TV show or movie, yes, do. For think example, so. I could give you. Yeah, yeah, you do. I could give you 65 mistakes in the Joker movie. I know, like, two or three of them off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But you can't really take 65 mistakes and say, this is 65 reasons why this movie is a bad movie. Are they directly related to the plot? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Yeah, so the ones that are, you can count them as flaws. I'm not saying it's, it has to be right. bad because of that. But you can't. Right. But you can't count them as flaws right. against it. Yeah, but you can't say that the show or that, that movie is just bad just because of these flaws you identified with the clipboard. Yeah, but you can identify that part of the show. You can, yes. But to say that it's a bad show, that it's totally a bad show, can't can't really do that. Or a bad, you know, a bad movie. Well, if they keep, if they say, keep hey, coming up consistently in every episode, and there's always logical there's inconsistencies, like, then I'd say it's bad. There's 65 of them in Joker. Mm, I would like to see if they're plot-related. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any other movies, for example, to be used? Uh, well, you have to give me what's considered a good movie before I, before I, before well, I. Actually, can. I have one. Okay, there's one in uh, a New Hope. I think, I actually think this is the biggest plot hole in the like original trilogy. But at the beginning of a New Hope, uh, C3PO and R2D2, you know, they have like the Death, the Death Star plans, right? And they get into like a safety right. pod, and they fly off. Mm-hmm. And one of the stormtroopers sees the safety pod, and they, and then they're about to shoot it down. And then he says, "Oh no, don't shoot it! There's no There's life forms no detected." Life yeah. But the thing is, like droids are are a thing in this universe. Like droids, right. are, droids are very common. So it's like just, just totally because there's no life forms doesn't mean you shouldn't shoot it down. There could be droids on there, and they should know that. That I think that's the biggest plot hole in all of Star Wars because. If that doesn't happen, nothing else happens. 
you know? Right. Exactly. So that's, can you say that movie's a bad movie? No, because it isn't, because it does like most other things right. Like the re- like the writing okay. for the rest of the movie is is pretty good. The characters are good. They're dimensional. They're they feel like real characters. They're not interchangeable like the ones in Mandalorian. They have personalities. The writing is good. The villains are there's good stakes. The action scenes are comp- like they're they're good for the most part. Like they do so many things good that it's like Whatever bad there is, it's kind of like almost muffled up. That's the overlook. You can overlook it. Pointing it out would be nitpicking. No, it wouldn't be nitpicking at all because it's directly related to the plot. I would not call it nitpick at all. Right, but it's a, to, it's a to valid, take it, it's a valid flaw. To take it and to, to take it and to try to use the evidence that the movie is bad is that legitimate? Well, if if there were like. 13 moments like that then yeah I'd say the movie's bad because it's like at that point it's like there's so much stuff they're doing bad it's like (laughs) like you just keep stumbling over you just keep falling and messing up and it's like can't keep doing this which is what happened in The Mandalorian like most of the writing is subpar at best And, and I wouldn't I would even if like if they were like like say there were like 13 or like whatever 65 different flaws in a new hope and the movie was bad i would say it's bad regardless of whether or not i thought the emotional payoffs were worth the flaws or not at some like some point i have to admit like yeah it's bad the writing is consistent this is that i might still like it but at some point you have to be like this is bad because the writing is just not up to par up to standard Okay. Yeah. And I and for the men, Lauren, I'm only I'm really only focusing on like story and characters, like because there there's a lot of badly choreographed fight scenes, especially in episode six. Like they're littered. But, but badly the, choreographed fight scenes. Mm-hmm. In the Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. Episode six were a few times where it's like, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do okay. that? Um, I mean, for the sake argue of, that for the sake of leaving his jetpack is bad choreography. Well, that's not bad choreography. That's just that's just lazy writing, like on its face. You know. But yeah. For the sake of time, I didn't want to like go into all the choreo- choreography and all the. Right. Things like right. Like, just, I don't wanna, yeah, I mean, as if we as if we haven't spent enough time on this already. Right. But, you know. Let's yeah. move. Forward. Yeah. Let's let's get back to the episodes. Um. Okay. Yeah, they do the whole thing. Pew pew pew. Oh, Boba Fett. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then um, when they're on the ship. <laughs> You know, sometimes I just stuff make me laugh, but they're on the ship, and mm-hmm. Mayfeld's like, hey, hand me a rifle. And by sheer luck, there's like one hatch open on the Rhydonium trucks on the roof, so he can shoot it, 
It's like maybe he it's left like, it open. No, he didn't. He it's just perfectly there, open. Like and and it's like outside. Exp- like anyone who was on a mountain with a rifle could have done that. And it's like what it is. It is perfectly open. Like like all of them are closed except for that one. And it's like really. Like wow, that's that's could have left it open. No, he didn't. He never even it's not. He never even, he never even went on the back. He never went on the back of it. We've seen him. We hit a on the button back. in the cab. <laughs> no, that doesn't open doors. That is the biggest coincidence, and it I it baffles me how people take this show seriously after that. It's like really, there just happens to be one thing open, and it's perfectly there, and it's. It's a joke, man. It's I, I literally laughed. I was like, really? There's just one hatch open perfectly so he can shoot it and explode the whole base. Like, wow. That's just... That's... that's. <laughs> I mean, how do you not laugh at that scene? I don't know, man. Would you like to explain it, Levi? No, I'm, I'm kind of crying right now. <laughs> Why are you... I'm not crying, but I'm... I'm disappointed in myself because I forgot to send streaks today. Oh my gosh! <laughs> get on my podcast, what? man. Get, get out of here. What? What are you bringing up streaks? You're saying my pain is not legitimate. <laughs> it's not. No. Okay, thank you. Terrible. We we like to explain the one hatch that just perfectly opened, and why? And why are the the truckloads of explosive material being held above ground in the open. That that's I another. I can't say. I cannot explain that. Do you know how to explain it, Levi? <clears throat> they the writers wanted they wanted an explosion. They wanted a big explosion so the the fans could be happy. I mean, to be honest, we wanted a big explosion too. Yeah, and you didn't care. You got it. You didn't care if it made sense. You just like explode, please. I mean, it. Yeah, that didn't really make sense now that you mention it. I think about it. It's yeah. Why was that one hatch open? I I just figured maybe he hit a really. He managed to hit a really hard shot Levi, on the deal, or maybe he hit Levi, a really sensitive. Um, that's what I. That's what I assumed Levi, when I watched that first. I was like, oh, okay. That's why she was like, Levi, nice shot. It's like a. It's time. He hit something that. It's, oh. it's time to admit that you've been emotionally compromised. And that's why you didn't notice it. It's just time to admit it, buddy. I'm sorry. You've been emotionally compromised. At the time of watching the show, I was emotionally compromised. Yes. I'll be 100% right with you. At the <laughs> time of watching the show, I was fully... I was in enjoyment mode, and I was enjoying what I was seeing. I bet you were hyped, um, too. You were like, oh, it's so cool. They exploded the whole base. It was pretty cool. It looked pretty cool, rather, I should say. Yeah, the Hulda maneuver looked cool, too. Yeah, I was hyped for that at the time, too. I was like, whoa, look at that, the hold maneuver. And about two minutes afterwards, I was like, what did this lady just do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you came to your senses eventually. Right. But here, it's now that you mentioned it, I think you know, it doesn't make sense that he hit it. Because first of all, I, as I said, I thought, oh, okay, he hit something delicate or sensitive. You know how in, um, was it Empire Strikes Back? Or what happened? Hold on, hold on. Or what happened? In it. 
Strikes Back where um, Anakin gets inside of, he gets stuck inside of one of these, uh, he, or he sits inside of a, 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 what was it? Was it a cruiser? Or no, it was one of those. You mean it was a fighter. The, Attack of the Clones? Attack. Well. Because Anakin's not in Empire Strikes Back with Darth Vader. Technically. No, it was not this one. Not that one. Do, 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 oh, why am I getting this mixed up? Do, do, the Phantom Menace! Do, 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 do. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Yeah? There's the Phantom Menace. That <laughs> okay. was the one. Oh, he gets stuck inside of the, um... Or, Quagon tells him to stay right there. Don't move. So he doesn't. And so, eventually, he just starts shooting stuff and manages to fly out and pilot the ship, whatever. And manages to blow the whole thing up from the inside. Hmm. And that's why the prequels are trash. did not make sense. Neither does them being able to blow up the Death Star. They were able to retcon it in Rogue One. But one spot on the inside of a ship being so sensitive that if you hit it, it just leads to um, a cascading effect of the whole ship blowing up. It's like, isn't that something you should plan for? I don't think it was... They, they made it not seem as bad because they, they said it was like, I think it was like a 10% chance to actually hit the shot. Okay. So they, they kind of, yeah. they, they kind of balance it out with like how hard it, it's like, it's not like you could just pull up and then pew and like you're done. Like it's like a, it was like a, you had like a, like a 10% chance to even hit the shot. So it's like, they kind of balance, they kind of balanced they did, out the weak point with like how hard it was to hit it. Yeah, that's true. They did. That. Yeah. Or like a, um, that giant laser cannon, our killer base. That was deceptively easy <sighs> for them to destroy. Base. Oh my! I don't claim Say anything that, like that's not the love. OT. If it's not the original trilogy, I don't even claim it. I don't know what that is. All right. Right, but that's just basically, those are explosion inconsistencies in Star Wars, and we've almost gotten used to them now, so that's why I was tricked into being like, okay, sure, explosion, fine. You've been emotionally compromised. Statistically compromised. Yeah. Also, let's analyze uh, what what happens when he blows up the base, okay? So, so, let's look at what just happened, okay? So, he killed a guy because that guy killed a bunch of soldiers, and he's killed mad. An innocent man. Yeah, and he's he's mad because those weren't just soldiers; those were people with lives and families and friends, right? There. And mm-hmm. because of that, then he decides to kill the guy. And then while he's leaving, he shoots a truck of Rhydonium that blows up a base with a bunch of stormtroopers in it, who have families and lives and friends. And then, he, so it's like he's, he's mad at the guy for like disregarding stormtrooper lives, and like a few minutes later, he just blows up a whole base of stormtroopers and does the same thing. 
Yeah, it's like he does the exact same thing, and the show's like, it was good for him to do that, because it was Stormtroopers. And it's like, what? No. I mean, in a sense, yeah, because it's the Empire, and he's, you know, anti-Empire and all that they stand for. But in another sense, if he's a so pro-soldier, as the guys just talking about throwing their lives away, he wasn't happy with that. Then yeah, that wasn't consistent. Yeah, and it, it mirrored exactly what happened in uh, the Force Awakens when they tried to make a character. They tried to try to make a uh, like Finn. You know, they tried to make him seem like oh he's he's like uh he's not he doesn't want to be a part of the resistance anymore. He doesn't want to. He realizes they're like killing people and doing this. And then the first thing cool if they followed through on that. Yeah, it'd be cool if they did. But the first thing he does, like it, it wouldn't work because the first thing he does. Is is get in a ship and then shoot a bunch of stormtroopers and then leaves. So it's like they try to have this moral complexity, but they don't. They don't actually adhere to it. They just pretend. They pretend they like pretend. yeah. They they pretend they, they pretend sudden, they're actually trying to have moral complexity, but really they're just doing the same thing they've done. And then it's, as soon as it's convenient, stormtroopers are now the bad guys again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And it's the same thing they do in the Mandalorian. It's just like, it's. It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like either stormtroopers are people, and they're complex, or they're generic bad guy soldiers that we can kill it kill at any time without feeling bad. I think Ryan was more comfortable with the. I don't think they they expected people to think this far into. Well, yeah, that's the problem. They it's almost insulting. That sounds incredibly pretentious for me to say. Yeah, it, I don't know if they thought that people would think that far into this. Yeah, it's I I actually like I feel like if people watch this and they see these flaws, it's almost like insulting that they think we wouldn't see it. It's like because like it's almost like they don't they don't respect their audience enough to be like oh they're smart enough to get this or smart they're like oh they'll they'll they'll, they'll ignore this and they were kind of right because a lot of people ignored it because they were happy with the fan service. But it's almost insulting to be for them to do this, and it's so blatant and right there in front of you. And it's like y'all didn't even try. Like it's, oh man, it's just disappointing. I wish it was good though. I wish it was good. It would have been really good if it was good. <laughs> once you do, <laughs> once you do your homework, it's done. You like what I did there? <laughs> yes, very smart. Once you've made one sextillion paper clips, oh my god! You have made one sextillion paper clips. Trust me on that. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. People think I'm a negative Nancy or something, but like, you are I, a negative Nancy. Negative Nancy. No, but I want it to be good. It's just not. Like I didn't, right. I didn't, I, well, I, I didn't wake up and choose violence. Like I woke up and like and someone, someone swung here. a bat at me, and I had to, I had to react violently. I've heard that. I, I didn't wake up and choose violence. I woke up and violence chose me. Yeah, violence chose me. <laughs> Don't know why. Uh, okay, you want to like zoom through episode eight, or maybe. Let's see. It's in episode eight. Yeah, let's do it. 
<laughs> okay, let's do it. So episode Before eight. Before we go into the negative stuff, let's. I, I want to talk about what we liked for the episode. Um, I like to do that. Okay, wh- how about we talk about things we liked that weren't superficial? Okay. So what did you like that wasn't superficial? I like that you can finally kind of see what Moth Gideon is about. Like, you get to see a bit more into him. What is he about? And and you see the dynamic. You see a bit more of the dynamic between him and bo and the story that he spins. And it's like you almost wonder if he lost Din Djarin on purpose just to keep Bo-Katan from, from uh, uh, being able to claim the Dark Saber. He definitely that's didn't. That's what you, that's, that's kind of. He definitely didn't lose to her on purpose because he was like, when he lost, he was like, oh, you're sparing my life. This should be interesting. So he, he, he thought he was, he was really fighting for his life. So there's no way he lost yeah. on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is theoretical. Moth. With bad guys, you can never really trust what they're saying to be the truth. Um, I would say if he thought he was going to die, he was fighting for his life. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then another thing, too, it's he... I don't know if he... He had to know about Beskar because he's fought a Mandalorian before. But he just tries to swing at Din Djarin's, the back of Din Djarin's jetpack. Obviously, another badly choreographed fight scene. I actually, I kind of enjoyed that fight. Yeah, but it's like he knows he's in Beskar. What he should have done is put like the dark saber up to like somewhere where the armor isn't, and then ignite it, and then Dendro is dead. Like, like he could have won that so much more easily. Yeah. But um, did you notice that one scene? Where Din Djarin is fighting the moth and he <laughs> kicks the spear. He kicks the spear into a backhand overhead strike. You noticed yeah, that once? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. It's also superficial, okay. but yeah. Nice to see all the ladies working together again, not make <laughs> it forced. Nice to see the dark troopers, they were pretty cool accurate to their, um, their uh, I'm losing it. I really am. They seem accurate to their animated counterparts. Um, yeah. Yeah, so most of that was okay. Yeah, I still think most of the good things or the things people enjoyed were superficial, like the other episodes. But the way the episode... Um. Oh, you go. Go ahead. You go. No, I was... Sorry, with that um, I was sort of searching for thoughts there, so... Oh, okay. There's well, nothing. The way the episode starts is like they... Do you remember how it starts? Don't, uh... They get in a fight, right? Yeah, they, they find the ship the Doctor is on. Which... Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did that. But, you know, okay. I guess we'll just... Probably with that. Nope, he's gone. Never mind. Yeah, they just. I feel like that's why they did it at the beginning, so you wouldn't think about it. They'd be like, oh, they just found it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Anyway, then they go to um. Yeah, they they find the doctor. Then they go to the uh whatever that tavern is to find Bo-Katan and the girl. And there's just a really yeah. unnecessary fight scene between Boba and this random Mandalorian girl. <laughs> it's just like yeah. there was no reason they there was no reason for them to be hostile towards each other. And plus, like yeah. one of the things the girl said is like, uh, he was like, she was like, "You're a clone. I've heard your voice many times." And it was like, why? Why would Boba Fett be offended at someone calling him a clone? Like he knows he's a clone. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a clone. So what?" Yeah. It's like why would why would that get his they blood do. boiling? You're like, "Duh, I'm a clone." Well, yeah. Because There's no real reason. Part of his ego. He's not just a clone. He's Boba Fett. He's a um, he's the son of Jango Fett, the bounty hunter. His dad, the one who raised him, was the one who made clone, not just another clone. It's like the son of the original or whatever. I can see how that would get his blood boiling. I don't. I mean, he's probably been called a clone before. Like, it's not like a like his clone like a racial slur in this in Star Wars now. Yeah, but like no, you're a but clone. To him, like, <gasps> to him, it would be offensive. And I can see, like, if he's been called a clone before, he probably shot the person, told him that or whatnot. I mean, that's like saying you have a deep voice. It's like, okay, yeah. Like Not it. really, no. Well, she, she called him just a clone. And the, insinuating that the armor, he wasn't a real Mandalorian and did not really deserve the armor that he was wearing. She called him a sidekick to Dugard, which is, in another way, kind of offensive. He is obviously the better bounty hunter. Yeah, but they're just—they're overly hostile towards each other for for no real reason, just to have a fight. Yeah, scene, they didn't—they didn't have to be hostile to each other. Yeah, but like it—it—it just—it's uh, just all for spectacle. Anyways, Mandalorian Princess Lady Bo-Katan says uh, she wants the dark saber. Oh, and something she said that she said she wants the dark saber, and the dark saber can cut through almost anything, but it cannot cut through pure Beskar. She says that she uh, she she. That's right. a statement that she said. That will be important mm-hmm. later. Okay. Then, <laughs> you know they they do the whole thing. They get on the ship. They start shooting. So, anyways, I started blasting, and uh, yeah, they do that. They do that. <laughs> they do that whole thing. And there's a um this like there's this goofy scene where Car- Cara Dune her gun jams, and she's. <laughs> She, like, picks up her gun by, like, the muzzle and starts swinging it like a baseball bat at the stormtroopers. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my gosh. Like... I'm like, what is this? It was... It's like, imagine you're in a battle and your gun jams, and you just... Oh, I'll just swing it like a baseball bat, you know? It's like... What else are you going to do, though? Um, I don't know. Stand down. Stand back. You know, wait. Let the other people fight right now until you get your gun unjammed. It's it's just so goofy that she just starts swinging like a like and these guys have ranged weapons like ranged firearms, and she just runs up to them you know. and swings them. It's like, I I some things I just can't take seriously. I guess we'll just keep it moving. Yeah, Mando and Moff Gideon fight, you know, and the dark saber, which isn't supposed to be able to cut through Beskar, almost melts through his spear. If there's too much contact. And the spear is pure Beskar. 
So, which is, it's literally which, a direct contradiction to what she said, just like in that episode. And it just blew my mind that they would say that. Well, when she, and then say that, that um, when she says that, uh, they can cut through anything but pure Beskar. I feel like, just like a lightsaber, if you leave something, if you leave it on there long enough and apply enough pressure, then yeah. And I don't think it was actually going to cut through. It was just getting hot in response to the metal that was agitating. No, Levi. There was Levi, no... Levi. No, 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 no. Hold on, no, hold no, on, no. Levi, there Levi. Was no, there was no... If you have something hot, right, and you put it against something else, and that thing starts to turn red within a matter of seconds, I think it's okay to assume that it can cut through that thing. It was like mm, seconds. It turned red in Beskar. seconds. Not, not with Beskar, though. It can. It looks like it can heat. It looks like not even the lightsaber. Not even the lightsaber has made it turn red. He fought when he fought. He was uh, defending against Ahsoka. The his Beskar never turned red. That's true. You're right, actually. So, the Darksaber can cut through pure Beskar. Because if it turns red in a matter of seconds, I think it can cut through it. No. There's no, there's no way you can... You that's can... mean. That's a stretch. That's like... How is that no. a stretch? How is that a stretch? <laughs> to say that it turned red because he was holding it against it, which means that the Darksaber can, in fact, cut through pure Beskar. That's it not... was. It was literally implied when that's he was. That's why he really had to move. He had to keep that's, it moving. That's not. That's no. That's not evidence based. That's extrapolation. I feel like after, probably after, if he'd have held it on there for what, maybe ten, twenty seconds, it might have cut through. But okay. What. Darksaber cannot cut through Beskar. So I'm going to assume, what I was thinking is when she said it couldn't cut through Beskar, I was thinking she was meaning, okay, it's Beskar resistant to the point to where you consider it can't cut it. It can't cut through. Which is to say, yeah, something's best. I was assuming when she said can't cut through Beskar, that means, no, it's Beskar resistant. It's so Beskar resistant that you can almost consider it not, sorry, Beskar is so resistant to uh, the Darksaber, you could almost consider the Darksaber incapable of cutting through Beskar. That's what I'd assume. But, Even upon, if, further, okay, uh, but upon further investigation, I find that, uh, no, that's not even the case there. It's Beskar, you're not, you're not supposed to be able to cut through it uh, with any mountain contact not supposed to be able to cut through it no matter the time of the time. Exactly. So she was just lying, I guess. Or she was wrong. No, that was an inconsistency. Yeah. Thank you, Levi. I'm glad you, you, you came to your senses and realized it was inconsistent. That's that's good. I've, uh, how do you say? I have, uh, admitted many inconsistencies. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're growing, sir. Thank you. But yeah, they have that whole thing. And um And uh then he defeats Moff Gideon and then they go back to the little the cockpit and then he tries to give Bo Katan the dark saber and then she won't she won't take it because she didn't beat Mando in combat because of some rule they have. 
Well, be, no, it's because it's the story behind the Darksaber, not the Darksaber itself. Have you done any research on this, Levi? On the Darksaber? Nope. Nothing, none of that? Not really, no. Well, I know I, that whoever I, holds it is the ruler of Mandalore. Yeah, I did some research, and apparently she, she took it from someone without combat before in a, in a show called Rebels, which is where she's, which is where her character is really originated from, is Rebels, I'm pretty sure. And she didn't take it without, you know, she took it without combat. They were just like, and, and it was in front of a bunch of Mandalorians, and they were all there, they were witnesses, the and, and they just gave it to her. And then it was like, they, what it was, was, it was story all there? cool. What was the story there? No, what was the story? Like, why did she do that? Why did she do it? Um, because they wanted her the to way be, that they wanted her to be the leader. So they all elected her to be the leader. Well, they didn't the elect. They didn't like, elect yeah. her. They just had it, and then uh, it was some girl had it, and then that girl. No, that I think I think that girl. Um, got it from someone else, and then gave it to Bo-Katan. But the point is, she accepted it from the girl without fighting for it. And she should have followed suit and taken it. Yeah, she should. She should have just followed. taken it when Mando offered it to her. Yeah, I was kind of like, why isn't she taking it? And when yeah, they explained like it, I was like, okay. But you're saying that based on her previous character in Rebels, she should. She yeah, just on the same thing. Yeah, she should have just taken it. So, you know. That's another inconsistent. That, that's kind of like across different shows, but it's the same character under the same company and like all that. So it's just fake tension. I feel like it's just they're trying to create tension where there isn't really any, or where there shouldn't be any. But they wanted to show Dinjarin now gets the dark saber. Yeah, maybe that'll be an arc in the next show, the next season. Yeah. I really hope the next season is good. I really do. I want it to be I thought be this good. one was pretty good. It's good in terms of fan service, but in terms of the actual show and the writing, no. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, speaking of fan service, Luke shows up. Hooray. Uh, they could have had a different Jedi. I was like, well, who is it? Who is it? Maybe we'll see somebody. <laughs> Luke again. <laughs> Luke. Luke again. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I was just glad that they were giving it seemed like they were just trying to give closure for the way they absolutely destroyed him in the last few movies. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's yeah. the only good explanation. Yeah, but you know, it was it was okay to see him, you know. It was then, okay. Like everyone, like everyone online was saying, like he looks deep faked. <laughs> he did. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, there are people who like, like there are people online who like said they cried when they saw his face, and I was like, I don't know how I could, if I could cry like seeing a deep fake. I don't, I don't know. It just it, it would it would take a lot of work. Yeah, it just <laughs> yeah. It, just kinda, it takes me out of the moment a little bit when it's like, eh, it doesn't look that good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's Luke. Also, like, right after he shows up, or it, I think it's before he shows up. I'm, I'm not sure if it's before or after, but Moff Gideon tries to shoot himself with a blaster, and he gets knocked out of his hand. But it's like, they already established earlier in the earlier episode that, like, 
most like the empire leaders have like an electric like pill or whatever in their mouth they can just use to kill themselves anytime. Like, you yeah. remember, you remember that? I do. Yeah, they like the dude just had like a it was like a cyanide pill basically for with electricity. So I was like, why wouldn't Moff Gideon have yeah. that and just use that to kill himself? Well, I mean, obviously Moff. The Moff seems to be. Seems to be. What does this mean? The Moff seems to be the guy who is doing the pulling of the strings or stuff. He'd be the one doing the killing of the people. He's too, too big or too important of a piece to um, just kill himself when somebody takes his dark saber away and destroys all of his dark troopers. I wouldn't say so. Or, like, I mean, if or, I, a, if... random, or a random captain of a random transport vehicle that's about to get um that's about to get uh, how do you say I mean that transport a random cap- that transport vehicle was transport important. Vehicle, they were transporting weapons. Yeah, it was weapons, but they didn't want them to fall into the hands of people who would use them against them. <laughs> yeah, Sound <but>. familiar? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah, guns for the government. But uh, it's uh, yeah. So I can I can understand that. It's like that's the basically important payload. If we give them the ship and the guns. And it's too late at that point. And then once he starts trying to interrogate him, he's like, no, I'm just going to take the way out. And he bites the bullet. Yeah, well, I feel like as as quickly as Moff Gideon was ready to kill himself, he would have had that pill. Like, he he was, he, like, he was, he was so ready to die. Like, I feel yeah. like if he was that okay with, like, going, he would have had that pill in his mouth and he would have been ready for it. Like, there's no reason he, he should have been. In terms of the story. Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess we'll get to the last part. When Mando takes off his mask. And he says bye to Grogu. Uh, and the way I think of it, this should have been, like, the one and only time he actually took off his mask. And that it would have been much more impactive, impactful. Much I mean. more impactful. Yeah, impactful. Impactful. Because, like, we've already seen his face so many times, it's like, I don't even care anymore. Like, his face... We've already seen it. Yeah. Twice. And it's like... It's like, it's not a mystery anymore, it's just... It would have meant more if this was was the first time, you know? Yeah, it's... Now it's more of something that's meant to tell us, Hey, guys. Din Jard is doing something important here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was his That's face? And I also just like I I what's the guy? It's like um, Pedro Pascal. I think is the actor's name. Yeah, Pedro. I like no offense to him, but like his face just is just not like. I I just don't like. I look at him and I'm like, oh, that's the Mandalorian. Like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't live up to it. It doesn't live up to the hype. It's like this, the Mandalorian, and then that's Pedro Pascal's face. What do you mean? His face doesn't live up to the hype, or he doesn't live up to the hype? His face. Like, he just just doesn't look the part. I feel like that's what... I feel like that's really what made it so good, is that 
once he took his, the first time he took his helmet off, and you're expecting, you don't know what you're expecting to see when the helmet comes off, but regular guy, that's what made it good. Yeah, but it was like, could he, he could, could he at least look like, I don't know, like, he doesn't look like, could they, he just looks like a, um, he doesn't a look what? the part, like when you cast, like, Say it. when you cast a hero, you cast someone who looks a certain way, right? Like you don't you don't cast um uh what's it I'm trying to think of someone like you you don't cast like a just anyone to play Superman you know what I mean you don't cast just yeah, you don't cast just anyone to play Captain that's America or Thor that's the point though this guy's that's part of this guy's character he's not Superman he's not really Captain America he's you don't know who he is until finally the helmet comes off and oh my gosh is it is it, um, guy's name? Is it Chris Evans? Is it, you know, is it, uh, uh Chris Hemsworth? Who's yeah, the, I mean, who's we, the actor? You already know who and it then is. Once you take the, well, yeah, but once you take the mask off, the regular guy, I felt like that's what made it. Uh, I guess, but I feel like they took his mask off prematurely. Like they already did it in season one, and it all that also didn't make yeah. sense. And in then, season two, it only should have happened. Once. Like every time he takes off his mask, it doesn't even make sense. And then in this, and then this final time, it's like this is the only time that actually makes sense. And it's like we've already seen it, so it's not as impressive or as important to us, I guess. Yeah. Like it could have been Impact. more impactful, but it could have been more emotional. If this was the first time, and he was saying goodbye to Baby Yoda and let him see his face. But you know, we've already seen his face as an audience, and we're like, uh, whatever. We don't really care anymore. At least I didn't care anymore. Right. I was like, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. He's taking his helmet off again. Yeah, again. It's like, oh, we've we've done this before. Like, it's it's familiar. Ter- it's familiar territory at this point. So it's like, uh, it's like like at this point, taking off his helmet isn't much different than him just waving by. Because we've already seen his face, and it's just like a... Yeah. It's an eh moment. Well, yeah, I guess that's that's the end. Mandalorian. That's it. That's... I was glad to see, when I saw Luke Skywalker walking in, it was cool. I mean, sure, it was cool that it's Luke, but the whole, that scene where he was cutting through the dark trooper was reminiscent of the hall, always I thought that was. Oh, but the hallway scene was so much better. The, the, yeah, the hallway scene was. Uh, yeah, uh, granted, yes, but it was yeah. reminiscent. Yeah. Reminiscent. True, true. I feel like the reason, like, people are like uh, overrating this show, is because like the bar has been set like so incredibly low for Star Wars fans. It's like anything that's just like not like absolute sewage is just like praised now. Because I mean, we've there's been because nothing, of how bad, yeah, because of how so bad far. it's been so far. So like at this point, like anything that's like halfway decent is like amazing. So they just kind of ignore the flaws because they want they want to like something that's Star Wars. 
end yeah. by saying they like Mandalorian. It's a safe choice. Yeah, they, 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 much they're just happens. glad they finally found something that's Star Wars related that doesn't spit in their face. Just like, yeah. oh, thank goodness. Which is like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool that people like it. I mean, it's better than if they didn't like it, I guess. But it, I just think it's <laughs> severely overrated. Yeah. Yeah, is that, I guess, you have any closing statements? Not really. No? Not really. I enjoyed the show. I liked it for what it was while I was watching it. Um, I enjoyed it more than, I enjoyed it more than uh, any of the Star Wars stuff that's come out recently. That's even while I was even while I was watching it. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. if you look at something while you're watching it, and then if you look at it afterwards, um, you can say, okay, I enjoyed it then, but I see it for what it is now. Uh, I'll yeah. give, I'll, I give The Mandalorian more credit for what it is now, even though I've, even though I've gone through, we've gone through and we've talked about what went wrong in the episodes, the plot holes, the nitpicks, the sort of things that they could have done better. I, feel I still like, like it for what it was. Yeah, I feel like this would be one of those things where, like, people, like, right now they think it's really good. But, like, when like a few years later, they'll look back on it and be like, it wasn't that good. Like, later on, they'll realize, I, like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't all that. I think what you're trying to say is overrated. Yeah. But I feel like they're not going to realize it till later. But right now, it's, like, it's hot, so... You know, but I do think it's like a step in the right direction for the franchise as it stands now. Because after like, <laughs> after uh, you know the uh, the disaster, this is definitely a, a step up or a step in the right direction at least to a better which Star Wars. What's the disaster? Oh, Disney. Disney's the disaster. After the dis the disaster yeah. should have been like the dis the disaster. So I, <laughs> I would have got it immediately. You have the disaster. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our conclusion on why Ryan Johnson is the best Star Wars director of all time. So we're not talking ironically either. That's what we actually. Yeah, do. I mean, he's factually the best director of all time. Like, and if you disagree, There's... come see us. We're going to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for being here, Levi. Thank you for accommodating me on this journey. Another long episode in the books, you know? Yes. So, any any last words to the people, you know? Before I die, any last words? Yeah. A la cuisine. <laughs> I I don't get the, the reference. I don't. Oh, you've never seen Iron Chef. That's what he says right before he makes right before everyone scrambles. A la cuisine. Uh, to the kitchen is what it means. Well, to the kitchen, everybody. Uh, thank you very much. Have a wonderful <laughs> day. To the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>